Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast in a henshed in the west of Ireland. It is me, Hector Hocon, Tommy Tiernan, and Larita Blute. And wherever you're listening to us, I say welcome, and I hope you are well. What about Scotland? Huh? Uh, uh, Neighbours have moved in beside me, and we've got to know them in the last couple of months. And we live in a rural part of Galway. And Paint the, a picture, flatlands. We live in a part of the world where... Stone walls. There's stone walls. My mother, it was interesting, my mother's passed away about five or six years and she always said uh, when she came back, when she'd be down in the house, she would look out and we'd have a stone wall above at the back of the house. And she goes, it's funny that you've gone to so many places around the world and here you are, a stone's throw to tomb, back with the stone walls. And uh, stop, 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 I detest it. And all the dish. And there's a bit of mayo on the, the, the dish, dish, dish. But yeah. stone walls are very important in my family, even though we were rare. But it's low country and you're not near the sea and no. there are no trees. No. It's what do you mean there's no trees? Nah, there's not many trees around Clare Galway. They yeah. would start Why? down and knock mass as they get to Tume and go back into Belle Clare. And there'll be there'd be more over Carlisle Strand would be forest area. Yeah. Clare Galway is flat. Open, wild, psychiatric country. Yeah, the, the trees are all bent over, like with their asses turned up to the wind, and the wind that comes in off the Atlantic and envelops Galway City and is fired out. The wind by goes Carol. shopping in the Terryland Tesco before it heads out to <laughs> Galway. You know it. You know it as you're driving it. You know it well. You know people. I started using the motorway. I became offended by driving through Clare Galway. There's too many fucking traffic lights. In it's bad. It's bad. So we have a Scottish couple who are living next door. And he is pure Glasgow Celtic. Right? Why did they choose to live there now? I think they were over in the Headford area and they moved over. I think they did. What was you go working on? Uh, I don't know what he's working on. I'll tell you what he does do. He works with, at the weekends. He's a fantastic motorbike. And that's what got my attention. He's got these one of these amazing, spanking, brand new BMW Travel the World touring bikes. And it is... Oh, yeah, I'm Charlie Beaumont. Uh, Ian McGregor, really hey. the world. Hey, it's through the world. And do you know what he does at the weekend? He does the blood bike west. He delivers blood. He delivers the blood. The blood bike west, Hector. The people. There's about 20. Who's your wife there, Hector? Beaver, don't Hey, how you doing? And the other day I was at the line and they had an inflatable castle for his daughter. And there was a few children playing in the inflatable castle on a Saturday morning. And I was out at the line. I had a white wash on and I was hanging up 167 pairs of white socks that me 
fucking teenagers wear. They only wear white socks. And didn't I hear the Blarney Pilgrims on in the distance? He was outside. He started off with Damien Dempsey. And then he went, ooh, ah, oh, for ah, ooh, ah, oh, for ah. There was this, there was this, no, let's just say there was um, colloquial folk tunes being played from the garden next door and I was at the line and it was so Glasgow Celtic, it was hilarious. And did you have have a housewoman party when you came over? Ah, no, 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 Tommy. So, Scotland is, they're they're a lovely couple, they're Scottish. Is she Scottish as well? She's. (laughs) The two of them Scottish? Ah, I just ah. love that accent. Do you love that Scottish Scotland accent? Scotland is it? Yeah, That's Man, a bit I more don't know. Reader. What the fuck? Uh, that and, and Glasgow Celtic. Glasgow Celtic. And you were probably out in the... That's in the Gallo- Hey, I said, well, you were probably out in the Gallo Glass. What's the place in the Galloways or the Gallo... The part of Glasgow Celtic? I think Cel- that's Yorkshire. The Gallo... The Gallo... The Gallo... The Gallo... The Gallo... The Gallo... The The Gallagers? No, there's a place... That's, oh, Manchester. <laughs> no, there's a place in Glasgow that's real Celtic and it's about 10 miles out and it's called the Gallo... Gallo... I'll Google it. But anyway, <laughs> Scotland, lads. Scotland, it's, you know, I don't know it really well. There's a part of me that wants to go in and investigate in parts of it. I only know Edinburgh and I only know Glasgow. And I was in uh, up around the Loch Ness once. Yes. But there's a lovely softness and friendliness and niceness to Scottish people. Like, what is it about that place? Scotland is like a massive Northern Ireland. Is it? Yeah, I suppose it is. I like Scotland. I've done done lots of work over there. Did a tour there last year. In whereabouts? So we would have gone to Oban. Oban on the uh, West Coast. That's not a Scottish accent. Don't be doing the Scottish accent for the whole next segment, now. Like, Rita, Rita, Rita. Come on in here with your Scottish Mayo accent. I can't do it. I can't so Oban is over on the West Coast and then I would have done up as far as Aberdeen and And like when Perth you say Oban, I've Findhorn. never heard of it, right? Where's so Oban? Is Oban like a town like Oban Clare is, Morris or... Ah, yes, Tap. Oban is like the Sligo of Scotland. Right, so it's that size of a town. Yeah. It's that size. It's very, very, very pretty. And is it on the beach? Uh, there's water there, but there's no beach. Right. It's, it's kind of fishing village, but beautiful. Scotland's gorgeous. But to th- so 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 the landscape would be very very mad pe- into drinking. Mm-hmm. It really is a strange thing about drinking. So we were doing the tour by train, you know, because it's you, when you wake up in the morning and you have to go driving somewhere to paint the hole. But you wake up in the morning and you get a train to fucking Oban. It's going to take. Eight and a half hours. Oh, my worst nightmare. Oh, I fucking love no, that. No, Louisa. Coffee and a Slow down on the train and you can have... Writing poems. Have a beer. <laughs> I love it. But they were... About wildflowers and thistles. Yeah, but they were... They, it was... Um, if I remember one time, so the, we tried to travel first class on the trains, right? Now, it's, that's fine in England, you know, and you're travelling from Newcastle to London and they have a virgin trains have this first class carriage and it's people bringing you sandwiches and tea and coffee and newspapers. It's beautiful. They don't really do first class on the trains in Scotland. Mm-hmm. It's a bit more kind of egalitarian. That be like the, the west f- of Ireland now. People would be looking at you slanty eyed for fucking sitting in first class. Yeah, first class. And, yeah. But fellas were drinking at 11 o'clock in the morning. We were beside the drink trolley one time and this fella comes up and he goes, not drink there. <laughs> and the fella goes, ah, ah, but he named all these lagers like, I still like and still like and I still, I still like And your man goes, give us a, give us ten of them and eight of them. Stein lager. Still in him and four in him. The man behind the trolley had the same accent as the fella gives me. There you go now. There you are, still lager, still lager, still lager. And then he goes, 
Jimmy, you're a real drink. I'm doing it. There's a dinarly. I'm a dinarly special brew malt. Ah, this is you. And then they sit beside you on the fucking train. They'll be there to you. Where you going, you sir? I'm a I'm a drinker. Where are you drinking a Francis Kiner? Have you any Paula? Have you, have you any Hefeweizen and Vice Beer? You do. Do you have any you in you? You fuck yeah. Francis Kiner, I do. Paula, do you like your Paula? It was great. But so, so the relationships, totally we, the, the drink we can relate to, the landscape we can relate to, the soccer. Of course, I saw a documentary once on TG Car where it showed Donegal people and Donegal with still strong links between Donegal families and Glasgow sense, uh, Glasgow families, where they would get on a bus in Glasgow city centre at Friday at ten o'clock in the morning with the putting on the suitcases and everything and they wouldn't get off the bu- the bus till Bally Buffet or oh, yeah. Guido mm. a day later. That's a famous And bus. they stayed with them on the bus. The, the camera stayed with the couple, uh, the family and, and they were travelling back. Isn't that amazing relationships? That, that's, a, that's a fame, the Glasgow bus is a famous bus out of Donegal, yeah. B- big, big connections. So, uh, the thing, lovely part of the world. <sighs> I've never fucking understood Wales. Like, I, I know when I'm in, uh. when I'm in, the north of England, I get there's there's a sense of personality. There's a sense of personality that I wouldn't identify with much when I'm in places like Ipswich and Norwich and Anglia, that that kind mm. of uh, eastern part of the island just above London. I find it hard to get. I don't know what the identity of that place is. I'd know the identity of Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool. And you go, I'm, I'm in a fucking place now, you know. Brighton is always, Brighton's like the Galway or San Francisco of England. Yeah. It's brilliant. But Wales, I've never fucking. There's something strange. I've never there, felt. Is it that because we don't. Have we given Wales enough TLC? Have no. we given it enough love? Uh, I mean, there used to be. It's the, not that, it's that the. To me, I haven't been in the places. Well, you do see it. What? Well, let me. Try <laughs> sorry, right. Hello. sorry. Can you come sorry. back from India and come? Uh, can, to, uh, can we get a copy I on that? Tell John? You, I tell you, no, boy. Oh, I tell you, no. Welcome to Wales. Yeah, you're doing a show in the comedy club. There, well, no, it's a hard no. one to do. <laughs> Are you doing that? That's a bit of Delhi crime coming yeah, out that's, there. That's full on Nigeria. Delhi crime, Cardiff style. Uh, Welcome, welcome, my boy, you're welcome to Wales. <laughs> welcome in the boys in the valley. So yeah, it's a tough, it's, it's a, a, I've there's never... There's something dark about Wales. I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I think... Elusive would be the word I'd use. But anyway, Scotland is fucking... Just what I love power. about Scotland I hope, is... I hope they get independence. I hope they fucking go for it. I just love listening to them on the nine o'clock news or BBC Panorama when they always go up to the Scots, the Scots. But when they all huddle in together and they're standing in Hampden Park singing... The Flower of Scotland. It's a great anthem, isn't it? Isn't a it? great anthem. And that's what one of the things that I always warmed to way back in the beginning was the power of a national anthem. I yeah. love the French national anthem, but I also love the Welsh national anthem. And I've been in the Millennium Stadium when the, when the Welsh are singing. And I've been, I was at the World Cup there a couple of years ago in the Millennium Stadium. What's the Welsh song called? The, Welsh, the Welsh song is uh, the, 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 what's the, what's is it in Welsh? Yeah. <laughs> Lord, no. Lord, Lord, do, 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 do. you know what's and Lord, bread of our yes. bread of our nation, is it? What's it called? Bread of our fathers. Bread of our. So, if there's something. If there's an affinity you, there's there, something there's, not right there. There's an affinity with Scotland. Yeah, do, do you want to explore this? <laughs> big day today. Now, big day today. Well, I'll tell you right now because today is the day, everybody. That last Christmas, Larita bought me a. Pouch of Balana Death Coffee. Yeah, Death uh, Wish. And from, I've been I've been afraid of it from Dave's. Um, so today I'm going to horse into it. 
This is, is this your first time. My first time. So it, uh, let the chips fall where they may. Okay. So if mm. I get a bit hyper and a bit cranky, are you used Dave's, to coffee, Tommy? What are you used to coffee? Uh, am I used to it? If it, yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for coffee, I wouldn't have a personality. <laughs> <laughs> that might be accurate. Here, can you close your eyes for a second? I, I got you something, Tommy. Oh, this is. Oh, this is. This is. Close you, your eyes. And you can, get, you can get Hector something. No. Why is that? Close your eyes. Oh, Larissa, I think I know what it might be. Oh, I'm very excited. Close your eyes. Keep them closed. They are closed. I Doors opening. Doors. Cl- pull the curtains yesterday. back over. No light gets in here. No artificial light. No can natu- I? No natural light can in I the open, headhouse. Can I open no. my eyes yet? What is this? Can I open my eyes? Oh, I know what this is. Can I open my eyes? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, I think I know what this is. I think I know. Oh, yes. It's a box. Oh, fucking yes. So, everybody, yes. as you know, I've been very excited for the past few weeks since I fell down the stairs, hoping that I would develop a permanent limp. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you have. And I have a permanent limp. You no. asked and him, the reason is that they're getting me Look at this. a stick that you could... You could hook sheep. <laughs> it looks like something from Downton Abbey. Oh, look yeah, look well, that. See, Hector, you don't oh, need Lurita. one. No, hang on. There's a silver handle on it now. There's a silver there handle. Is because and you, you pulls out and it's a knife and you can stab <laughs> your mother in the face. <laughs> Where did you buy it, Louisa? Uh, stand up there. We see. Give us a look at it, Tom. Uh, just gives it a it's going to take me a while to stand up because I have a limp. <laughs> oh, easy, easy. Now, easy, Tom, Tom Tiernan. Oh, that's oh, that that suits he's completely you leaning in on the weak leg. That's, that's great, isn't it? Thank you very much. Where did Larita. you get it, Rita? Did you go on walkingstick.com? I did, I did. And then the postman, I had to track it last night and it just discovered the postman had left it at the wrong house and the poor man had to go off around the neighbourhood to find where he'd left the package. Uh, what, what, what bastard had it? I don't know. Someone thought they were, had uh, ordered a golf this club. This reminds me of the bit in the film where Nicolas Cage <laughs> is in leaving Las Vegas and he wants to go to a place to drink himself to death. And he meets Elizabeth Shoe, who used to be in the Karate Kid, and they go riding and drinking. And then, as a present, she buys him a fucking hip flask, and he says, "It looks like I've met the right woman." So <laughs> <laughs> for it's someone a... to buy me a walking stick. No, you see, look at the way he's grasping it and holding see, Hector, it. Hector, you, you don't need a walking lo- stick, so I just bought no. one. One for thank Tommy. you very much. It's, it's goes with his look, and I thought the silver yeah. handle would oh, be I was more watching an ad aristocratic last... looking for him. I was watching an ad last night, and I've, I it was the first time ever I've seen myself on television. I don't mean I don't mean myself, but but uh, an accurate depiction of someone like me. Go on. I saw that. I said, "What the fuck?" The grey beard, and uh, a hat, and an old tweedy jacket, and a bit of an old busted out an cardigan. And it was an ad for cremation.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, "Those are my people." Tommy, anyway. hit the floor and go. Hit the floor. Order, oh, oh, order. That's anyway, great, man. so I've so um, be flying now. I'm going to be horsing through the death coffee in a second. Yeah. But I have a question for both of you. Right. Um, he, he likes opening up with questions. He yeah. lo- he's very inquisitive. Look at the for the it's question. question Tuesday. Jeez, as long as we've question answers. time with Nicholas Dingleby. Question time with with Titi. Uh, do you know anybody in prison? No, but I have. A, I'm fixated with prisons. <laughs> Hector's nodding. He's looking into the distance because he's calling to mind. I'm calling. I'm evoking the spirits of. Do I know? Do you ever in prison? No, I only I went to visit uh, Castlery Prison once. Oh, yeah. But Ooh. did I tell you about the time that I went to visit that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. Do you remember the, that? With the the four lads. It's a unique prison, isn't it? With the what? The four lads at the back of the room that no one else is clapping for. Them, yeah, know? and I started hugging them, and they said, "Don't hug them. They're the paedophiles." <laughs> 
I went into a, I went into a family. Uh, I went into one of the rooms, and I think, and I was, you know, in the waiting room to go into the the prison, and they were like, "Do you want a cup of tea?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, yeah." And then they were like, "I was in the middle of a family support group that was like obviously for the prisoners' family." What were you doing in the prison? I worked when I was started working for the hospice. I had got them to uh, grow shamrocks for me for St Patrick's Day. I think I might have told you, and they grew shamrocks in the prison. And um, the, I, the IRA lads have their own gardens. Yeah, in yeah. So the they, IRA boys live in a bungalow well, I don't know. called the Grove. <laughs> the Grove. So they, they, they have they, their own postman and a fucking satellite dish. A pub and a restaurant. <laughs> well, they grew plenty of samrocks for me, so it was great. I did was, you, did you, when you love to, st- when you're at the table and you met a few of the lads and they passed the shamrock and they just pushed it out in front of you and then you pushed another package back in to say thank you. Uh-huh. Did you do a transaction? I did, yeah. Lingerie. I did know one fellow that was in prison now. <laughs> Yeah. What was he in for, can you say? Uh, no, it was a messy one. Inappropriateness. Uh, and how long did he get sent down for? I think about a year or something. Oh, that's all? Mm. A short hop? Mm. Yeah. Do, I know, no, right. do you know anybody in prison? I, do, I know somebody in prison in America. Wow. Yeah. Oh, the fraud guy. Yeah, fraud, but I can't t- say much more about that. But I do, a story's after coming to mind now. Do I know anyone in prison? We were in... Uh, Let's guess, Larita. Uh, <laughs> uh, Guatemala. Af- Afghanistan. Cork. <laughs> now, this might, be bit heavy. this might be a bit heavy for the dub of the show. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, get that stick. Oh, I have a stick. <laughs> and he's right. got strong coffee. So, we were in Bolivia. Oh, oh for fuck fuck fuck's sake. I wasn't far in Guatemala, you was got, You got South America <laughs> anyway. Did, yeah. So we flew into Bolivia, which is like 10,000 or 9,000 metres high, the city of La Paz. It's a jewel in the sky. It's the highest is capital. It, is there even a, a fucking runway then? Do you just like, <laughs> the plane is in the sky. The next thing it just fucking stops. <laughs> we flew in, we flew, we flew in from Chile. That's an awful height, isn't it? <laughs> That's too high. We flew in from Chile and we knew it was going to be altitude high and it's, it's the sickness, the altitude sickness will hit you. And we were like, yeah, we've travelled. Fucking no, we'll be fine. By the time we were getting the bags, Roscoe was f- puking violently. Jeez, Roscoe was a al- tough time. altitude sickness. I had a pain in my head coming out of the airport. You're sitting on the edge uh, waiting for a taxi or the car. And what, is the feeling that you're not getting enough oxygen? Ah, yeah, completely. And you're after landing and you're not after acclimatising. Okay. So you're after going from zero zero meters to nine thousand meters and it's it's Ugh. it's 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 intense is it thin air is yes that, is that the thing and the only way i can describe it is that fucking hangover feeling in your head you're rubbing by the time we checked into a hostel we were staying this sort of two-star hotel hostel type there I, I was completely no expense spared <laughs> very <laughs> glamorous tg Cahar travel <laughs> no expense spared in so a, la paz six man dormer you, you can't pick and choose in la paz it's not you're not going down to the hilton so roscoe's like is there, is sick there, as a dog is it not a city like yeah, is there, it is a city but it's high up the Andes. i bet you there's a jewelry there <laughs> no, do you know what they'll be there? There's a holiday in. Yeah. A, a mall. A premier A quality in. Uh, so we checked in with the day off. Later on in that week, we knew we were going to one of the uh, state prisons. It's called San Pedro. It's right in the centre of La Paz, the biggest prison in Bolivia. And we had made contact with an inmate. Called H- how? Johnny. Because this was an open prison. And those ver- this this type of prison is popular in South America, but it's very different than what we think of prison to be. This prison is like its own world, and its its rules are completely different when you get inside the the walls. So the you, you everything is 
it's all about paying rent. And if you have money, you can add on to your cell and your oh. wife can come and live with you and the children oh, can come in and out to school. It's a free world, but it's run completely by the inmates. The guards are only there to monitor people in and out. That's it. Inside the walls of the bill oh. uh, of the San Pedro prison, the prisoners run the prison in a whole... Everything, everything is done. Different, and is it, are there restrictions on their freedom? Uh, no, certain prisoners from Bolivia would be all in one wing. There'd be uh, Colombian prisoners in another wing. They would have their own. So we knew we were getting in here and we knew we had a contact called Johnny who was done for t- smuggling 16 kilos of cocaine out of into New York and he was sent back to Bolivia. He was on a 10-year stretch and we had made contract contact to our driver in Bolivia who had his cell phone number and rang him. This is 2002. So we... I have a few questions. What does Johnny do with the cell phone when he's not being contacted by your driver? There's look, this, this prison is an open... Probably this is like walking in to a street scene. So they're allowed to have a prison. Everything phone. works inside this prison. Life goes on. This is restaurants, bars, what? everything. It's like the outside, inside. But it's run by the prisoners and there's no fucking around in there. There's a certain, there are certain rules, and I'll explain the rules. So, do you not be better living in there than you would be living out in the city? Yeah, but the your man Johnny was in there for ten years. He wasn't getting out. He wasn't getting out. But there's a lot more freedom inside. It's 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 it was like its own community inside okay. the prison wall. So the day we were arriving, we get down to it's in the centre of of La Paz. Out, we were st- sitting outside. We we were dismantling the camera, and we put it into bags, and then we headed towards the main gate. This is like going into Mount Joy. Security officers, prison guards met us there and welcomed us straight up to the security. The whole thing, like going through the airport, check out the whole thing, checking your body, lift your hands up. And then the bags were passed through the x-ray machine. Now, we had tripods, cameras, batteries, everything. They knew well we were a TV crew. Yeah. But this, nothing was said. They just patted us down. The bags went straight through into the prison a guy winked at us and then Roscoe was brought to a side room where you could assemble the camera. So there was no, what you're saying is there was no, you didn't have to get anybody, there was no the permission. No right? permission. The permission was granted by the people inside the prison. Wow. Within 15 minutes, a guy came down to me in a pair of trousers, a shirt, sort of, he looked like Richard Dreyfus type character and he comes down, he shakes our hand individually and then he says to you, ¿Tú eres el tío que habla español? I said, you're the one who speaks Spanish. I says, gracias para invitarnos. Thanks for the welcome. He says, gracias a mi cárcel. Welcome to my prison. Welcome to my prison. This was the boss. He was done taking out 45 tons. He was a lawyer from Bolivia who was caught with 45 tons on a jumbo jet going into the States. What the fuck? 45 tons of it. And the boys getting fucking busted for 80 quids worth of fucking hash <laughs> on shop station on a Tuesday night. This was the guy who ran the prison. He said, Bienvenido a mi cárcel. And then two or three lads came and they were our security for the day. So they were walking behind us. Freddie comes down to meet us in his broken English. He's there, how's it going? He was fine. And then he said, come on, I'll show you around. I walked into the main courtyard and Roscoe said, is it okay to start filming? He said, yes, yeah, start your camera. And as long as I tell you to keep filming, you can film. But when I tell you put the camera down, you put the camera down. Well, so we're in I a high security prison. Cook, cook me <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, are there women in the prison? Everywhere. 
women, there's women hanging clothes out on lines. There's music playing. There was Is a, there a rest, primary school. There's a rest. There's <laughs> a rest. There's a, a restaurant. There's sure a restaurant in the, the corner city. cooking food. Open air. Montessori. This is this is this is the, the world. The world inside the prison is run by the prisoners, and it's all about the system. If you have money, you can rent out a bigger cell. If you have more money, you can add an extension onto your cell. And how do they get money? Do you know? It's it's it. The, people are moving in and out, and people might have money in accounts different places. But okay. the prison is like it, it was just hard to explain this free world. But there was no hassle in the prison. The prison had its rules. You didn't overstep the mark. Yeah. But the guards never got involved. They just monitored. They didn't want to get involved in any of these. This is the way it is. It's very yeah. hard to explain it. So walking around the prison. It's like I <coughs> I did a gig one time in the women's prison in Mountjoy, and some of the women were milling into one another, like <laughs> while mu- you were doing like munging. Yeah. And the guard just says, ah, let the man, it's none of our business. It's like, it's like that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no rules, no rules, no rules. The uh, Freddie brought us round, he says, put down the camera here, we were moving into the Colombian area, we weren't allowed film in there, we were allowed film with only Bolivian people. So there was a range of different people, but the lad who ran the prison was a, an ex-solicitor. Now, as I looked up, you could see washing being hung out of windows and everything, the music player and smell of food. Uh, kids, the kids are allowed to come in and out to school if they have a family. The wife is allowed to move back into the prison to live with, it, live with the inmate. Uh, and homeless street kids are allowed to come in and get a safe place to sleep at night time. Oh. Safe place to sleep because they don't let any shit happen. The main rule in the prison was there was no messing around with kids. Uh, no, and paedophiles were taken to a different wing, which I'll explain in a minute. So, how would you be discouraged from staying there? Would you? Would it not be? Are you not encouraged to live there forevermore? No, because you, because you can't leave. You can't leave the prison. He's it's doing like it. Hotel California. But no, the prison. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the prison. That was in very what? quick, Dorita. That was very. Quick. I've been waiting to try and use that phrase. It's very hard to get your head around a prison that runs like this. But it, to me, it makes it makes a certain amount of sense. There was a football pitch. There was a, there were all different things. So we went. For, so Freddie started showing us. Wouldn't around. mind going there myself. Next minute, Freddie said, "I want to show you to a friend of mine." And I said, "Because I I wanted to see the living conditions." So we walked down this really dark tunnel, and then on the end of the tunnel to the right, he says, "You don't want to go in there. That's just an area where we put people who are bad." And I said, "What?" He says, "Well, people who fucking do things that we don't agree with in the prison." And I said, "Can we go in and have a look?" And he says, "Yeah." And I said to him in Spanish, "I said, ¿Qué, qué pasa aquí?" Uh, and he says, in here, anyone who's been, who's molesting children or who's in on molesting children charges or paedophilia or does anything with that, they're tied here for a week uh, with a chain on each side and their bodies are prostrate in this tank, this sort of, looked like a 25 foot swimming pool, but it was no water in it. And it was just the two holders for the, for the chains on each side and they're tortured there for a week until they, 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 whatever. And then they said, you don't be messing around. So that's, it was, it was, it was horrific to see. And you could see excrement and you could see blood and everything. I says, what's, and he says, he says, you shouldn't really film that. So we moved out quickly. So that just shows you there was a, there was a side to this. Brutality. Brutality. Then he says, okay, come on. And we walked into this bottom of a cell. The only way I can describe it is went in a door and there was a ladder up to the next level. On the ground floor, it was like the basement of a garage where you'd have your mountain bikes and stuff, right? But there was nothing there. And then it was just a ladder to go up onto the next level of the cell. As I got up to the next level, I was in a sitting room. Couch, TV, DVD players, 
uh, and I could hear somebody on the next level. And he says, you're allowed to film whatever you want here. The family are back at the moment and the children are back from school. <laughs> so I'm climbing up the ladder and then I meet the, the lady of the house. She goes, well, bienvenido, como estas? Me llamo Maria. ¿Qué tal estás? Irlanda, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, yeah. The mo- she was upstairs. She was cooking pasta on the third floor in the kitchen. There were two children running around and getting ready to do their homework. And your man who had a few quid was living upstairs. He was sitting there and watching the television. Do you know what? It doesn't sound like a disincentive to be a criminal. That's it, what it, I was saying. If, like if you're, say, if you're on the streets of Bolivia and you're, you're shifting uh, a bit of merchandise, shifting gear, couple of ton and you think sure fuck it if I get caught I'll just hop in there for four or five years I'll Absolutely, be grand Absolutely sure well, They're trying to make the stay inside as uh, they're trying to create harmony like prisons in, around the world are overcrowded they're horrific the conditions are shite prison doesn't really work are the right people in prison you know the whole thing about prisons do prisons work globally so this is South America where n- not lawlessness but the system this is a system that they have in La Paz and this is this is the way they do it, wow. and they find there's more harmony doing it this way than locking people up and bringing them out for fifteen minutes air and slamming that door and opening up the opening up the hatch and firing in the bit of bread and water. Or do you know there's more harmony, but is there just as much crime on the streets? Mind you, crime defining crime is then is is the thing. You know what's your definition of? What's serious uh, enough to... Yeah, to be... You, you put a couple of thousand South Americans into a prison in La Paz and you deny them everything. There'll be fucking war and they will be trying to get out and they will be killing guards and they will be slaughtering each other and they will be stabbing each other and there will be the, all the things, the stereotypes. It's like Donegal club football. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, so this is harmony. This system yeah. works for them and this is the way it works in La Paz, the, in this prison. And, and and think about all the other prisons that don't work and where there's... But where weren't you... Yeah. Weren't you in open, a, open the door, open the gate. Yeah. Weren't you in a wild prison one time in Mexico that you felt very scared <coughs> in? There was one prison you, I remember watching you and you were going, uh, I don't feel so... What was, where was that? Fuck, I can't think of that one. But uh, Now, certain places in, as we walked through this prison, Tommy, we had to put down the camera and we were getting fucking dodgy eyes and we, we for, off people and we weren't allowed to film in that area. The, the camera went down. There was a, it wasn't saying that this wasn't walking through Tato Park. Don't get me wrong. This was yeah. still, we were still on edge. Did you feel, we da- went, was it dangerous in there? <clears throat> in certain places, we had to put the camera down and there were some ma- mad bastards looking at us and some bad looking fuckers looking at us and some really uh, interesting characters sitting in the corner just looking. Yeah, so we didn't feel 100% comfortable. There was three guys walking behind us at all time. And Freddie was with us at all time. He said, put the camera down when I say put the camera down, which we did on numerous occasions. But to get into that apartment, that cell that they had built, the kids couldn't go out to school. The mother lives with the inmate. He was in there for life. Wow. The family were in there. So the mad thing was, Freddie, all he wanted, all he wanted as a payment on this was 200 US dollars, mm. 200 John Player Blue, and a bottle, a litre of Johnny Walker whiskey. And we had smuggled that in in a backpack. But you don't smuggle anything into this prison. But I just We brought it in. Yeah. And then at the end, we just gave it to, off camera. We gave it to Johnny. Uh, Freddie and he was delighted that he got the the stuff and you can google this San Pedro prison La Paz and now that was 2002 and now it's becoming very very popular for for tourists Uh, it's an almost like a tourist trail in La Paz Bolivia when you get there that these tours they're organizing tours now where they're making money for the inmates and the, the guards are getting a cut so it has turned into a bit of a tourist attraction so do I know anyone in prison I do. But when a young lad, when that man came up to me and he went, Bienvenido, bienvenido a mi carcel. 
Welcome to my prison. Wow. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I know uh, a fella who is on trial shortly uh, to go to prison uh, for uh, allegedly bad, bad stuff. But it's uh, surprising. Do you know? It's just uh, you think you know somebody. Yeah, and did you know this fellow well? Well, I knew, I knew him well enough. Like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have been the best pal or anything, but you, an, a, a kind of an acquaintance who I'd get in contact with every now and again, and whenever I saw him, I'd always have a good chat with him and a couple well, of drinks. And how bad was the stuff he was doing? Well, he's it's all it's all alleged, but he'll be he'll be spending a significant amount of time. There were it's not was a it, it's was not it embezzlement. No, this is not a victimless crime. Was it's it, not white collar crime. No, it's not. It's it's is there a victim? Oh yeah, there's a few victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it's just a thing of, of knowing people. So what do you do in this situation now? Would you go and visit him in the prison? Or would you visit him like... Uh, no, it's, it's the prison isn't in this country, but I would know somebody who's in prison in Ireland and is due for release fairly soon, I think, for bad shit. And that's... What do you do with that? You know... You, hmm. uh, how are you? Uh, well, good lad, yeah, yeah. You know, how are you... That's a weird one, isn't it? He's in for something that where there was uh, a victim, and he's due out soon. I did a couple of gigs in um, in Mount Joy for the men and the women. You should do your TV show in a prison. We did an episode of it, just just bef- not a non-recorded episode. Uh, yeah, that'd be good in the men's prison in Mount Joy. The long term, there's there's. There's four wings, I think, in Mount Joy. I might be getting this wrong. So A, B, C and D. A and B are fucking off the charts with energy, tension, young fellas, guff, punches, boxes, Aiden. knives, fucking headbutts. That's the other side that's, that's, shouting. that's an Irish prison. All right. Yeah. C and D wing are fellas who are in for much longer sentences and they've calmed down a bit, you know. Uh, and I did a gig for them and it didn't go great. Uh, <laughs> they didn't like someone else coming into the room trying to be funny. Yeah. You know, so it's not, it's not like an audience where they're all sitting in a row. Yeah. And they're all looking at they, Those guys were sprawls like fucking gladiators all over the room. And who the fuck do you think? Yeah, yeah, fuck. 
and there was a fella there was a fella in from Navin and he was doing he was uh, he'd, he'd been in for 10 years he was out for a week and got caught with a ton of cannabis in a high ace van driving to Kells <laughs> <laughs> was sent in back again the, back again well John um, so that that was a kind yeah. of and then there's another wing then is where the, from the fellas from C and D wing who look as if they're progressing now how do you define progressing they're and they're due for release but they're all on long sentences as well. they're, they're lifers or whatever they're they call them. 25 years like <laughs> fellas in there for for killing people I've got talking to a mass fella. murderers I've got a fellow talking to a fellow who worked as an assassin you know and I was asking him I was what the fuck is that and he says you're on gear you're just fucking you're twizzled on gear and someone says to you do this do this and you just fucking you're 17 or 18 you he don't know 20 grand you do, 20 grand you, here's fucking three grand or you owe us that and like, yeah it's in just a lot of the cases strange you know um, I did a gig in the women's prison and what was really interesting about that was getting to see the different so the, I met a couple of lady murderers some a couple of well known lady mm-hmm. murderers one of them made me an apple fucking tart and came out of the kitchen <laughs> with she a sharp sh- implement <laughs> and said uh, <laughs> and said will I cut it for you and I says yes please um, <laughs> so the, the factions snip, in the, snip. The, the factions in the women's prison were Inner city Dublin women, uh, you know, do you many cocaine in you? Like I'm, I'm in for the afternoon doing a show. And they're for wondering them. if you throw. Do you many cocaine? And I says I, I wouldn't have. You know, so and then one of them says to me, "Will you give us your jacket?" <laughs> like, what just the fuck? Strange. Yeah. Then there was black African women, and the reason I mentioned the fact they were black is because is for this reason they were from South Africa. And they had been hired by a guy in South Africa to bring hashish to Dublin, right? Uh, to smuggle it over. And they had been, as soon as they landed, they were caught. And uh, these were women from the townships in South Africa and they're sentenced to 15, 20 years in jail for bringing the drugs in. And what they said to me is that we were, we were screwed. And I asked, what do you mean? He says, we were travelling. We weren't the only women travelling that day with drugs. There was white women travelling with cocaine. And what happened was the drug dealer contacted somebody who contacted somebody to say there are some black women from South Africa with hashish about to arrive in Dublin. So the guards went there and the white women with the cocaine got through. Banged up abroad. You know, so you feel you feel sorry for them. You know, you'd be kind of going, oh, Jesus, you know that they were just fucking rolled sideways, basically. And then there was about five or six traveller women, right? Yeah. And they were all in their different little groups. I was doing a show I thought for you were going to say pyjamas. <laughs> no, they, were, they weren't in their pyjamas, yeah. So they were all in their different... We went into this room and I was doing a show for them and uh, they were all in their... All sitting, the black women were sitting together, the travellers were sitting together. In their, in their uh, groups. And all the, the inner city Dublin murderers were sitting together. And a couple of... And to be fair now, there were a couple of lady murderers from Kildare and Wicklow. <laughs> they're and, not all and from Wicklow. Yes, yes. So they were all there. A couple of famous ones as well. Um, yeah. all, they're all there for the show anyway. The so Wicklows I'm, are very quick. <laughs> the Wicklow women are very clicky, aren't they? <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing material anyway and it's kind of... it's. What they're really responding to is the stuff about sex. Any time I start talking about sex, they're fucking and African women. Are, oh, 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 and the, and but the, the 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 funniest moment of it all was so I'm 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 yapping and the the filthier it is, the more they fucking <laughs> they get they, they do it. 
And I, so then I started talking about uh, uh, riding. You know, riding is great and riding is mighty. And I'm, I'm talking to the African women and then I talk to the travelling women. I'm, I'm there, ye girls now, you're young, young fucking traveller women. And I says, what are, what are traveller men like to ride? And they're all fucking hitting each other and laughing and moving up and down. And there's a great, it's a, it's a moment of connection between the three groups. Mm. So they're all mm, laughing common, together, yeah. you know, and they're all fucking hitting each other on the back of the African women are moving back and forth and a couple of killer lesbians at the back are all laughing. They're, they're just elbowing each other going, I'll fucking kill them. And then so I says, I says, <laughs> I said to the Afri- I said to the traveller women, I says, so what, what, what are traveller fellas like in, in the bed? Like, you know, like, would they ride you three or four times in a night? <laughs> The goes, no, they can't count that high. <laughs> <laughs> but just the laughing out of them it's was great. fucking tremendous. And then, so then I did a gig for the um, the kind of more progressive prisoners in for the for the men, you know, and they were fellas who were on long sentences and fellas who'd done, you know, <laughs> fellas who'd murdered people when they were eighteen or nineteen, mm. and they've been in jail now for 25, 26 years. So. Completely different. I don't know if you'd, I don't know if their parishes would welcome them home. Mm. I don't know. I couldn't say for sure that these men would be safe if they went back out on the streets. But I got a, a fine vibe mm. uh, kind of talking to them, you know. And it was, um, I was, uh, Rady Pete from the band uh, Lancome, uh was there as well. And she sang a few songs to them. And she it was a fucking, you could have heard a pin drop. It was in this, they have a small little chapel in Mount Joy. And there's a, a thing of the Virgin Mary. I've got a present. See behind you there, Larita? Yeah. See, see the picture that's leaning against the CDs over to your left? Yeah. So if you take that and just lift it up there. So if you turn it round and say what it All is. Right. So it's Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow in St. Patrick's See the writing underneath the picture? Institution. Oh, yeah. St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's, yeah. Institution yeah. Chapel. Yeah. That's where the younger, is that a younger? No, no, that, no this is in, in Mount Joy. There's another St. Pat's thing. Yeah. So, um, Our, Lady wow. of, Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow. Wow. So, Rady Pete is standing there with a guitar and she's okay. dressed in a check shirt and a pair of jeans and a pair of boots and she's the guitar slung over her shoulder like Billy Bragg or something. Mm. And she's, I've, I did a bit of a gig and I did a version of the chat show with the prisoners where the prisoners come up and I fucking chatted to them. And then Rady sang a song and it was just, it was one of the most moving things I've ever heard in my life. She just sang, You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You may, and I swear to fuck, the tears were rolling down my face. And I don't know what it was about that song in that particular moment <clears throat> and how it just kind of, it connected the men to the children that they were when they, a lot of them had committed their crimes and to the children that they had. Mm. And it was just fucking, it was stunning. But anyway, that's it, Jim. Yeah, but that music in a prison. And when you did the, when you interviewed them, like the TV show in there, yeah. were, were they open with everything? Totally. Or? I was interviewing this guy and he, he might never get out. He's one of the fellas now who had, uh, he'd killed a good few people, shot them, you know. And uh, like I said, just he was removed from the environment that had turned him into a killer. Mm. So he was in a completely different environment. Uh, he was uh, doing loads of courses. He was, you know, still a, a life of extreme incarceration and um, restriction, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, 
but a different person, a, a different, you know, and, and able to look back now and go, those are the reasons why I ended up in that situation. And f- far removed from those reasons, he was a different person, you know, and mm. he was talking about the power of imagination and how that after a while he realized that he could be happy in prison. He would do stuff like says, he says, I'll go back to my cell after this, after we've been talking tonight, Tommy, and I'm going to go for a walk on a beach. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I'll close my eyes. I have all the time in the world. I'll close my eyes and I will take myself footstep by footstep across a sandy shore on a beach. And I could spend two or three hours doing it. So just remarkable people. I'm not saying that they didn't deserve to be there or that Ireland would be safe if they were on the streets or anything like that. But I'm just saying it was just without passing judgment or without coming to any kind of conclusion. You're kind of going, fuck They're me. They're interesting that, places. That was but a strong experience. Like our own, all our lives could change in, in the flick of a switch too. Like we could be driving home and you could knock somebody down and then, yeah, you yeah. know, you're put in prison. Like imagine your world. Imagine. Yeah, but these, no, but these I guys. Know they are. Th- these were deliberate acts. These were, this wasn't like you took your eye off the road. I understand that. But the other side of that is you're, you could be in there sitting beside those fellas that, you know, for drunk driving or something. He, well, that's yeah. another deliberate act, but I'm just yeah. saying you could be in a situation where you're I in mean, there. Yeah, yeah. Imagine like how your life could change if you were in there. Yeah, like. but isn't it interesting that the that, that that a prison system in South America where I was, and he's describing a prison system on the other side of the sea, the other side of the Atlantic, two completely different worlds where prisoners are involved. And it's funny. Sounds like the prisoners in Bolivia have more power. Yeah, they they sound like they yeah, own their but, own Yeah, town. but what is prison all fucking about? Why, you know, penitentiary? I, no, the one, no, I'm, I know the one you're on about, Tommy. I was in a penitentiary in Louisiana. And when you go to fucking prison in Louisiana, you, 96% of the lads never come out. Yeah. And I was in the boxing club uh, in, in that place. And but they're mostly black as they're well. They're mostly black. And this was, you know, those trellis wired cages that go eh, open 1264 do you know that sound that was penitentiary and that was the one you're on about it was in Louisiana big fat guards walking fucking up on the high wall guys with fucking in, machine guns guys in full fucking orange suits jumpsuits and who are they are they the bad boys they're the serial killers they're this but that that sound of opens open block four Listen, uh, could could the could the South American prison ever work at Mount Joy? Could you imagine a free for all in it? Go out and give me a bit of Supermax, will you? <laughs> John, my fucking Netflix is down here. Supermax would be in there. Could you yeah. imagine Supermax Mount Joy? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sponsored by Supermax. Yeah, yeah. Papa John's. Uh, but well, it reminds me of I'm, I was glued. We, I did an awful long binging on Banged Up Abroad. Oh, I love that. Love Banged yeah. Up Abroad. Loved it. I went through. Is that about getting road on your holidays? No. <laughs> <laughs> Similar enough there. Like. It's about these people who just go, I was working in a nightclub in Mykonos and I was a dancer there and uh, I met a guy called John who was really attractive. And then I started hanging out with John and then he had a friend called Dave who lived in a villa outside. Yeah, and he said, why don't you take a kilo cooking yeah, yeah. up your, <laughs> your fucking gooter goot- goot- and take it back to Dublin. <laughs> and I didn't sit wrong with it. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. And then the funny thing why is, not? next minute there's a little montage. Ding, ding, ding. So within a two weeks, I was on a flight to Bolivia. <laughs> and next minute I was waiting in my hotel for the... And then the rest of the year, watch Banged Up Abroad. It's mental. Like, it is. Not? It's a very good series. I love it. I don't know. If, is it still on? I used to be obsessed with it, but I don't watch it. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I love it. them stories. We want to say goodbye to everybody on the podcast this week by saying goodbye. By and saying, hello. And hello to Katrina Murphy, 
right? Now listen to this, this is very interesting. So they don't want to miss each other's reaction to the episodes and we thank you for that. Katrina Murphy and her sister in the US go for a walk at the same time. Who has no name. No, there's no name on it. Wonder it's Katrina Murphy and the other Mur- and the other Murphy lady, Sister Murphy, and Sister, Sister Murphy. At, at the same time, one of them goes for a walk in America at six fifteen a.m. and then Katrina here at twelve fifteen p.m. start walking at the same time and click on the podcast simultaneously on the other side of the Atlantic. It makes us feel we are not thousands of miles apart, and we think the podcast is the greatest thing we've ever seen in our lives. No, I put in that at the end myself. That. The greatest thing they've ever heard. Heard, you yes, mean. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to say happy birthday to Gillian Keneally as well, who's celebrating her birthday today. This week, and her husband Dan and the kids wanted to get in touch, so they're big fans of the show. <laughs> so just don't. Oh, he loves the fucking Yeah, I know, he's so you say. I know, happy, happy birthday. What's her name? Gillian. Gillian. Happy, happy birthday, Gillian, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Tommy. Okay, everybody. Thank you so he's much. So, he's so extrapolous. Extrapolous? Yeah. Sounds like a word Willy Wonka use. <laughs> hey, THLpod.com. THLpod. What is it called? <laughs> THLpod.com. If you'd like to listen to some, f- what? Monday's episode. Monday's episode. And everything about the show. And everything about the show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you and talk to you next week. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.